Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. On today's show, we're going to be exploring what needs to change with our healthcare system with one of the most honored physicians in America. He's received three papal medals and a MacArthur Genius Grant. He's been recognized by Presidents Bush Sr., President Carter, and President Clinton for his work with Miami's Poor. Uh, We'll be speaking with Dr. Pedro J. Greer. He's a South Florida physician, professor, and author of the book Waking Up in America. Dr. Greer, thank you so much for being on the program today. Um, I wanted to start um, by addressing with you the central problem we face in America. Uh, there's, There's so much talk about quality. There's also talk about bending the cost curve down. What do you see as the major issues we need to address? Well, the major issues we need to address, we're not addressing. And, and, and issues are addressed by the question that one asks. When the question is a purely economic question, or how do you make health care cheaper, and you address it by looking at the aspect of health reform, you're not going to lower the cost of health care because you're not doing anything to deal with the cause of disease. So the real question should be, how, how do you make people living in America, this great nation of ours, healthier? And so the real solution is actually social and public policies that need to be reformed to be able to address these issues, because if the number one cause of disease is social, then the solution has to be social. From the uh, perspective as uh, in the medical profession, this is something that becomes imperative that we study. Der show the uh, the French or Belgian pathologist from two centuries ago, was also the first social uh, medicine. We have Bershaw's Node and Maneuver and all these other things. But he was the first one to, uh, at least through literature, really start addressing these issues of the social causes of disease. Whether the cause is lack of education, whether the, uh, the cause is obesity, uh, whether the cause is violence, racism, you, you name it. The, uh, those are non-medical causes, but they carry their medical consequences. So when we start measuring things also at the level of Congress to see what something costs, Perhaps we should develop some sort of methodology that actually measures the medical cost of inappropriate social and public policies. As a dermatologist, I see patients with acne, psoriasis, eczema. As a gastroenterologist, you must see ulcers and and colitis. You see see everything. You see everything from cirrhosis, which is the number one cause in the next 10 to 15 years, will most probably be insulin resistance, diabetes, and obesity is the number one cause of cirrhosis with non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. which we call NASH, or fatty liver, uh, the incidence of colon cancer, which we're decreasing, but we also see a great disparity in that, too. For example, 
If you're African-American, we now recommend that you get screened at the age of 45, not 50, because you have a 40% uh, a, uh, higher uh, incidence of colorectal cancer and a 25% higher mortality. So, but you would also think, from an ethical perspective, if we knew that, we would vote into the ability that African-Americans that in certain populations around the country, especially down here in the southeast at the age of 45, have a, a, a significantly increased rate of uninsured. I want to make sure I understand this social causes idea because, you know, I came from a test tube science background, and I had the – I certainly can understand that social causes are a, a problem within medicine, but I didn't think that was the major problem, and, and maybe that, I need to be re-educated. major cause of disease. There was a book put out by the WHO entitled uh, Social Determinants, which is what we call it, and it was edited by Sir Michael Marmont from, um, from, uh, from England, and uh, who, by the way, is now the very first non-MD president of the British Medical Association. He's a Ph.D., and he was the one that in there went through the different countries and the different causes of these social determinants, even in some of the third world countries where the rate is highest in areas where you don't even uh, register a birth. So we look at all the causes, but even in the United States, it's the number one cause of disease. The, the, the reason that you and I think the other way is because we were trained in the old uh, the, the traditional way of medicine, which was the, from the Fleckner Report from 1910, when he was hired in 1909 by, uh, by uh, Hopkins to evaluate medical education, because at the time they thought it was too profit-motivated. God forbid that should be the thing today, too. But anyways... And one of the things that he developed at the time was two plus two. We needed more sciences. And the two years of basic sciences, two years of clinical. Well, we really haven't changed that that much in this country. Yet medicine has progressed. We understand causes very much better than we did before. And now we also see that these social determinants not only cause disease, but inhibit uh, you know, appropriate therapeutic interventions. So, so the, the inappropriate, the, the inhibition, are, are you referring to the lack of health insurance or something more than No, that? the health insurance and actually health reform and the health care system is really nothing more than a bit player in the health outcome of, of a nation. We see that in America. We have the highest expenditure, but we're 33rd in, uh, in outcomes. Having said that, if you're sick, this is the best place in the world to come. This is not a good place to come if you want to prevent getting sick, but if you do get sick, we'll take care of you. I, I certainly believe you are hit hit the nail on the head there. So, did you you set up health care for people who didn't have access? Right. How was this reflected in that? It, it was reflected because well, that that, that was a the, the initiation of doing all that was a little different. I mean, it it, uh, it came from a few things. You know, having grown up in the late '60s, early '70s, the civil rights. The, uh, I was taught heavily with social justice aspects, the, uh, and any faith has that very deeply within there. The, uh, and then, <clears throat> I had, unfortunately, my, my little sister died when I was in medical school. She was driving to spend her 18th birthday with me. And if, if that doesn't teach you the reality and the impact of how somebody suffers when they lose somebody close to them. And so, you know, like one of the promises I made was that, you know, I never wanted to see somebody die or suffer alone because I didn't get to see, she died in a car accident. And, uh, you know, it's sort of hard to hide from God unless you're a city commissioner in Miami because the decisions they make there, we don't even think God goes to City Hall down here, but that's another story. Okay. The, we're, the, uh, we're one of the great emerging democracies. The, uh, it was 
one of my first patients I had was in the intensive care unit. It was a, a homeless individual dying of miliary tuberculosis. So it was what took me outside to try and find his family to fulfill what I said I wanted to do that introduced me to this world of incredible poverty right in my own backyard. Now, you have to understand also this is now the early 80s. So we're in a recession in this country except Miami because we've got a very strong cocaine trade, which then is converted into crack, which the inner city starts to just, you know, destroy itself, and then AIDS hits. So you can imagine as a young physician coming out and seeing all this stuff, all of a sudden you're realizing all the patients you're seeing are caused by all the poverty that's around you or the drugs or the uh, uh, sexually transmitted, however you want to look at it. And so you, you start to see that the real causes of these disease actually had nothing to do with health care, but health care is the consequences of it, or disease, lack of health care is. So, I mean, when, and when people say, well, you've got to take a responsibility for yourself, you got to go exercise. Well, if you live in some of the neighborhoods that we send our students to, you know, the crime's pretty bad. You're not going to go out jogging. And this is South Florida, and if there's no trees and no park. You're definitely not going out in the summer. It's pretty damn hot and humid. Apart from all that, they have no public transportation. Some of these places don't even have supermarkets, so they're, in essence, uh, food deserts. They don't get their they, – they don't have access to fruits and vegetables in an agricultural state. And those are all social and public policies, transportation, the economic policies to bring in the appropriate type of uh, stores. You know, uh, a lot of blame goes to the fast food places, but also the little mom-pop places that sell very sugar-based uh, products because they're very cheap. You know, and everybody's trying to make a buck so you can survive. So we need all these different things to really improve the health care of America. Where do you start? I, I think you start by looking at, in my honest opinion, you start by looking at educational policy. Education is such an important aspect of society. And then with an educated populace, you can turn around and really prosper economically. And then that way you could build your appropriate parks, your supermarkets, your transportation, the infrastructure that you need. You think the free market's going to do that? I beg your pardon? You think the free market's going to do that? Or you think there's uh, going to be a combination need... of a couple things? I think yeah. you need a combination of appropriate legislation and a free market environment. But you do need regulation. You can't let this thing just swing. Uh, I mean, capitalism can rear its ugly head. Not that we're not experiencing that now, for goodness sake, but also we were experiencing it. 10, 5, 10, 15 years ago when you have these major corporate takeovers and monopolization of all these corporations, all these people left out of work. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like making a great living, too, but you can only eat one steak at a time. I shouldn't be advocating that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> a skinless chicken filet. <laughs> okay. All right. So, let's... let's um, so, so, we... People need to look at our healthcare problem in a more global way. The problem is not the healthcare system. The problem is how we define the healthcare system. We need to find it as a health system for our nation. Yeah, and the system has to change here in the United States, too. I mean, we've got to change the way we get reimbursed. I make an awful lot of money just doing colonoscopies. But we have to be measured in outcomes, and we also have to start giving an economic incentive to get people out to become, uh, you know, good primary care doctors. Hell, they're the ones that are going to take care of you and me in the future. I can't just go to a specialist. <laughs> you, you can't, but then you start picking, and we're doctors, and we're really bad about care, taking care of ourselves. Uh, that is the truth. Dr. Greer has a tremendous passion for how physicians need to be involved in social changes that will help improve the care of patients throughout our country. We're going to pick up our conversation with him next week 
uh, when, he, when we explore in more detail uh, the role of physicians and, and how they're respected and how they can use their position in society to, to help create a better health system uh, for all Americans. I hope you've enjoyed today's program and will join us again when we have Dr. Greer next week. Getting Better Healthcare has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com, DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.